Welcome, everybody. I'm Jack Langworthy, co-host of the Silver Creek Insights podcast with Mr. Silver Creek Insights himself, Daniel Hugh Pham. How are you doing, Daniel? Going, Jack. Thanks for having me on our show. I'm excited to do this. <laughs> me too. Me too, man. I'm so happy to be like getting to spend more time with you and uh, laugh with you. Um, it's it's great. How are you feeling about 2024? It's the beginning of the year. Where are you at? Man, I can't believe how quickly last year wins. I think we say that every every year, but uh, last last year was a big one for Silver Creek and um, just us, I think, personally. And going into this year, I, I could be more excited. Despite all the craziness in the world, I think it's going to be the best year yet, especially for us. Like... I was really nervous about 2024 because it's like another election year and 2020 was just such a terrible year for everybody. I, my, I, but I can't help but feeling this like positive energy in the world and optimism and like, I don't care about elections anymore. I just want to do cool stuff with cool people, talk to interesting people. You've built this company, Silver Creek Insights, which has talent from around the globe, Africa, Asia, Latin America, America. Um, and I think the future is going to be about like, like minded people coming together to do really cool stuff, cool projects. Tell us a little bit about Silver Creek Insights and the team that you've built. Yeah, great question. And to your point on 2024 being potentially a crazy year. Uh, you know, I do a lot of this traveling around the world. This is partly how I built my network, but we really got to focus on the things that we can make an impact on. And uh, this is something that I've communicated with the people that I've met, like-minded people that are really interested in growing and building something. And fortunately, through travels and just what we've been doing in our lives, we've gotten to meet a lot of amazing, a lot of amazing people. And these people typically are consultants, they're running things, they're inspired. And so our ability to really create a team that is uh, what I like, like, like into a SWAT team almost of data professionals, just people that are the best at what they do, wherever they are, that ability to connect people despite borders, I think is something that customers love and it's finding the best minds no matter where they are and having some fun in the process. I think we mm -hmm. really structure a system where we have the right technology, the right process, but the big differentiator is what are the who are the people you want on the team to really solve this and be there with you? Uh, because as we grow in new types of companies, the dynamics have shifted where we have companies and teammates that are cross-functional between organizations. And so our ability to execute in a streamlined fashion that way, I think, is all the difference in finding the best people. Yeah. Like yeah. When it comes to hiring, finding people you like is really important. Skill set and like their dedication to the project and knowing how to do it. But it's, you know, life is short. It's terrible when you get bogged down working with somebody who's unpleasant or whatever. It is like on the team. And that's just not the way it works in, uh, you know, with Silver Creek. Everybody on there has like such a good spirit, it seems to me. And is like enthusiastic and fun and likes to laugh. And then they're like serious data professionals too, right? <laughs> yeah, you can't take life too seriously on this stuff. But that's a good, you zoom out of all the stuff that's happening. We want to keep things fun. We want to keep it productive. 
And it's always more fun when we're contributing real value and we're doing it in a way that uh, is in alignment with our lifestyle. Like wherever you are, whatever you're doing, family life, travel life, um, it's the ability to be understanding about how to design this lifestyle. And if you create this culture within your team, people are happier, they're more productive and our customers are seeing this and it's just super exciting to see the value that we're we're having uh, in a team environment like this. All right, we're going to touch on lifestyle design in a second, but I, I think it's worth noting our history goes back to, is it 1990 or 1991 on Silver Creek Drive when uh, we yeah. played with Ninja Turtles. I think you had a Michelangelo one bonded over that. And we lived next door to one another for for 10 years, basically. And Daniel was the kind of kid who got a 4.0 like in junior high school. And I don't even think you tried or worked hard, but you got all A's. I was getting like D's and F's at that time. And my parents were worried about me (laughs) and you were just crushing it. And it's funny. You could do anything you want in the whole wide world. I, I know that if you set your mind to anything, um, you would make it like an awesome impact on it. What about data? brought you to be like, this is something where I can make an impact, make a dent and it matters. Yeah, we've gone back a long way. So for you to say that is awesome. And it's awesome to build something with a buddy that you grew up right down the street from, not even a couple couple houses down. And again, that's why we called this company Silver Creek is because we're building this thing here together, but that's that's the street, that's the roots. But from that origin story, I've gone through a lot. You know, I've seen a lot of different things. I've been in different industries. Um, I started out at Xerox Corporation doing copier sales and multifunction devices. This is right out of college. I think I graduated on a Monday, started or graduated on a Saturday, started on a Monday. I was there for like seven years. And I got to see really big companies, how they operate. And um, what I liked about Xerox at the time was there wasn't too much ethical stuff that was wrong with the company other than maybe just using paper, but it was something that every industry needed. They needed document management systems. They needed ways to take care of their information. And from that, I kind of moved into more IT services and then more specifically data analytics. And what really struck struck me about data analytics is it's basically the lifeblood of these organizations. It's the information, it's their assets, and it's cross-functional, it's cross-industry, it's global. And every organization needs to be on top of their data. And we've seen just in the last year, all the hype around AI and all of this machine learning and automated insights, that all stems from having a right data infrastructure. And in my mind, as as long as we can help organizations be on top of that, we can help them do better in whatever their mission is. And I think we've naturally been aligned to companies that are doing some pretty fun, exciting things, social impact type companies, um, fast growing companies and exciting new industries. Uh, yeah, it's just it's just something that every company needs to do well. And yeah. we're in a great position to find uh, the right people to do that because it's a complicated puzzle to put together, but we try to make it as easy as possible for our clients. Like people tend to think that data is important for like tech companies and it's so not just for tech companies. I like 
as you know, I worked at Ikea headquarters as a business analyst, not really thought of as like on the frontiers of digital or anything like that. But that company is so well run because they have, they know how many Billy bookcases they're selling in Paris versus Lyon versus, you know, glasses in America, all over the world. They're moving billions and billions of dollars worth of products, billions of products themselves, relationships further up the supply chain. And they have a pretty well put together system for the, the business managers to be like, all right, I can see that there's a decline in sales and we're going to need to up our marketing promotion for Billy Bookcases here. Like the thing that I saw from inside that like gloriously well-run company, IKEA, was how data was so important on decision-making. Nobody wanted to be running blind on hunches. They wanted to be able to justify why they're making their decisions. And being able to access up-to-date information immediately is, is crucial for that. Yeah, absolutely. And the business executives need access to these insights even more than the, the technical team. This is not a tech team versus a business team. This is a now a situation where everyone needs to be tech enabled. And that's why we want to make it easy and automated for these big decisions. But as you simplify this complex thing, which is AI and data, you make it usable to people that are more concerned with changing the world and just running a good business. Once you make it easy, then everyone is speaking the same language. They come to the meetings yeah. prepared, they have better ideas and they get more creative because they're not using data as a barrier to get things done, but actually as an enabler uh, to achieve much higher results uh, in a faster way. And uh, with the tools that are available, if you're not using this stuff, uh, it's not just a nice to have, you might be getting smoked by your competition if you, if you don't jump mm -hmm. on board and have the right team to help you with that. Real. Um, okay. Now, like uh, another kind of segue from data, supercomputing, artificial intelligence, you have created this huge community of, I don't know what to call it, AI enthusiasts around the world. What's AI amped? Why are you yeah, so, AI amped? Um, build, building communities is something that I've just naturally been uh, excited about as I travel around and move around. Um, and seeing a lot of people, digital nomads, others that are just super excited about the way that technology is going and leveraging an extended network to build their own dreams. Like nobody's alone in doing this. So a, a few years back, I started a business mindshare group in Mexico City, which I, I feel like is a second home base for me a little bit. And um, with that, um, started meeting every couple of weeks uh, to do in-person business mind shares and AI was something that everyone was excited about and wanted to build. And so uh, from that group, we decided to create AI Amps, which is just a community of people that are excited about AI, that have questions. And the whole goal is to kind of educate, enable uh, and empower people around AI, just like we do with data uh, and technical tools and so forth. How do we simplify what's happening within AI to make people more successful in their personal lives and their business to just be more effective. And I think this is something that's going to grow uh, definitely globally as we connect more and more dots. This is something where more and more tools are released every single day, but not everyone is sure how to use it or why it's important. And to have a team 
able to declutter and demystify all these tools uh, is something that goes hand in hand with what we're doing with Silver Creek and our data. Like, uh, sorry, when you said you're a natural at building communities, I had a flashback to, I think, 1991 or 92 when you started a rollerblade gang. Um, you were seven <laughs> years old and you told me that if I wanted to be in the gang, I had to jump in, which is where everybody either beats me up or I had to kill a guy. And I was like, oh, <laughs> like to join. It looks cool. They're on their rollerblades. <laughs> well, I think this is so all here, Sam. We got a good time thereafter. Yeah. Well, we did like to play a lot of street hockey. You know, hockey's my, my yeah, uh, passion yeah, growing yeah. up. Um, so yeah. I'm sure that was just part of the Ninja Turtle uh, initiation. <laughs> but yeah, we, we, we do have certain metrics to make sure people are all contributing. But I, I think in general, it's just have good intentions and, and help people do the best that they yeah. can. That's the purpose yeah. of the Mindshare. That's what AI Amp's about. And ultimately, that's what Silver Creek is about as well, is we know the answers, the best process, technology. We have the right people. And so if we can help people get this done faster uh, and better, we avoid a lot of hurdles, a lot of mistakes that could be the most costly you know, positions for companies when they're building out the foundation and they're really looking for the right way to scale. Because if you scale on the wrong setup, just like building a house, it's going to be it's going to be a messy situation. You know, I, I find myself, I'm running Mawa, Missouri, this seedling company that does hundreds of thousands of seedlings. And one of the banes of my existence right now is that I am in Excel hell, just trying to figure out how many seedlings are ready, when they're going to be ready. And uh, I can just feel that pain point of having bad, like our data is not where it needs to be. We need to get it sort of easily accessed so that we can disseminate it. So it's like, even even me, Somebody who's like, obviously, this is so important to get your data right. Um, it, it's just, if you don't prioritize it in your business, it becomes a problem. So I'll, I'll be reaching out to uh, our devs at Silver Creek to, to <laughs> see. <laughs> well, that's, this, is, this is a key point, though. And Jack, you are one of the smartest guys I know. You're multi-CEO. You run things. And you're still talking about being in Excel. And you Excel hell or whatever. And this is just something people do in life is they are focused on big things. And so when they need something else, they just go back to what's comfortable and they stay in their comfort zone because that's the easiest thing they know now. And to go through this whole process of learning something brand new to get something done that they know with confidence they could do, but it's annoying and they have to spend time. There's better ways to do it. And as part of our mission, we need to help people get out of that situation of yeah. re relying on this ad hoc analysis in Excel and using these older tools when there's a lot better ways to do it, it's just people don't understand how. And part of our job is to educate that process and just streamline it. Make that annoying, time-consuming thing automated and just live your life a little bit. I spend zero time in Excel. Zero. Yeah. So yeah. I'm happy like, about that. And I think a lot of companies are probably where Mama Missouri is, where we, we purchased a $40,000 piece of track and trace software to help us. Um, get a handle on the seedling production. And it's a piece of software that nobody really knows how to use well. Um, and it's just like, just put what it says into Excel and tell me. And like, we're, <laughs> we're at this, it, it, it really needs, sometimes you can spend so much money and then you're just like, oh shit, they didn't really show us how to do this right. It's not something integrated on our team. It's not like exactly. part of 
is well implemented on our on, on our strengths. Jack, we'll you're getting me fired up here. You, you know my hot button <laughs> issues, but all these tech companies, okay, we're we're not a, we're not a software company. We are a professional services consulting organization to help people do better with the tech with the process. But it gets it gets very confusing which technology to, to figure out or which yep. to purchase. And for the listeners out there, they're like, okay, yeah, it's not easy with Excel, but what the hell else do I do? And how do I do it? All these sales guys are trying to convince me to buy all this stuff. And after they sell it, they're nowhere to help us use it. They're just there for the licenses and so forth. So we have some great partner companies, but the true magic of this is getting the right technology and then implementing it in a way where there's change management, where there's team enablement. And we have many client references of people that are excited, not just that the technology is cool and easier, but they're now enabled to use it in a way that's changing their business in an easy workflow. It's like, it's that combination of the right tech, again, the right process, and then the team to hold your hand and high five when, when you get it right and then move on so that you can do it without us. Uh, and we can start focusing on what's the cool next thing you wanna do to really send your business to the next level. Nice. Like, um, so one reason I think you're able to build such good teams and do the leadership stuff is that you take, I guess it's called lifestyle design very seriously, right? I'm somebody who like, especially around New Year's, it's like, I'm gonna do this new thing each day where I journal and I map out my day. And at the end of the day, I'll say what I'm grateful for and I'll dream on the problems at the forefront of my mind. I'll wake up and I'll write about them. And then, you know, by January 10th, I'm like, I'm busy. I don't know. I got stuff to do. <laughs> Tell me about lifestyle design. Yeah. Uh, well, lifestyle design is really about doing whatever you want kind of all the time. I don't know exactly how to make it seem less uh, hippie business mode or what. But for me, what it truly represents is spending your time how you want and enjoying what you do. So in life, you have your personal life, family, you also have business and the way that you make money. A lot of this needs to become into alignment. Otherwise, you're going to be really pulled in different directions and you're going to sacrifice your health, uh, your mental well-being, uh, your time, where you have to be. Um, because you're misaligned in a lot of things. And so for me, if you can structure a, a lifestyle where you can be kind of where you want, whether that's at home in one spot and stable or traveling, moving around, you structure your days, you structure your, your productivity system to be effective, uh, both in business and in your personal life all the time. So that's a little bit generic, but I think what it comes down to is true alignment, like figuring out for sure what you do not want to do. and then what really truly gives you energy and how can you contribute uh, to the world in that way that also drives revenue that creates value for people you're with. And there is a little bit of a discovery process. Like it took a, a while, like this is a marathon to figure out what truly do you want to give your time to that makes you feel uh, that you're living a life with purpose and with happiness and excitement and also able to enable a team around you. For me, that's, that's been through coaching, that's been through helping people get their mindset right, because so often we're really hard on ourselves, um, too much so, and we start worrying about things that we can't control. A lot of this is not about accumulation, 
but eliminating the, the bullshit things that you don't need and making room for this higher vibration stuff to come into effect. And then you start to see your creativity is higher, you're more fulfilled, you're more energetic, your customers like you more because you're more fun and like you're more focused. So these are the things that kind of all tie in. It's a balance um, situation. And uh, I could go on and on about lifestyle design and mindset because this is a big leadership thing for me and it's it's how I carry myself. And um, that's something we could probably save for another time, but it's all, it's all connected for sure. Um, because to get the best for your clients, you need to have the best team that is motivated, excited. And uh, I'm never worrying about what my team is doing or where they are, if they're in the office at a certain time. We all have commitments and value that we've agreed that we're gonna deliver to the clients and we communicate and we're transparent. And so uh, a funny question, a lot of the clients like to ask me when we're, we're moving around. So where are you today? Where are you? Um, yeah. It doesn't matter where I am necessarily, but they always know that we're gonna show up. Yep. To, to me, mindset, lifestyle design, like they are kind of the most important things, you know, starting from um, specifically around mindset, affirming the things that are true, not getting too caught up in the, the falsehoods of the world, understanding who you are, what matters to you. And then, like, like you said, putting your time in things you care about, like time, time is the one thing you can't get more of really you know you, once it's spent it's spent you can make more money again but like who are you spending your time with do you do you like love those people <laughs> like you should yeah. you should really love them yeah. and, and like um be doing things that fill, fill them up and fill you up so i think part of the reason you've been so successful is because you've always had like a, a strong uh mindset and, and things of that nature and you're good at hockey and that's also important. <laughs> yeah, well, the team element to things. But I mean, at the end of the day, we're worried too much about bullshit that we cannot control. And we're in our heads too much. And we're telling ourselves stories. And this goes into more of a mental mental game. But once you can start to give yourself a more of these positive affirmations and things, and so much of this you see on social media, it's becoming a little bit cliche with how much the world's getting crazy and then how in tune with everything people are with their self-development and so forth but the difference is not posting about it it's it's actually being about it and living this truth and people see this completely differently than the pretenders who are ultimately a lot of times lying to themselves which is my man bruce lee said that's that's when you lie the loudest is when you lie to yourself and people need to be more honest with themselves and then from that yeah everything uh, grows and we're able to be more effective really with the people that we're serving from our families to our clients, you know? So I don't know, it's, it's exciting to me. And this is all going to translate into uh, more and more connections for us and building a global community of people that are inspired, really. I saw that there's like a picture that was going around of, uh, I think it was the ball dropping in New York City or whatever. And it was somebody at the back of the crowd and everybody's holding up their phones. It's a crowd of people <laughs> holding up phones now on New Year's Eve. And it's got me thinking about like how much in 25 years human behavior has changed. Like that is the normal behavior. Like my parents are in town now. And so we're always just like posing for pictures or like, let's film this now. We're like almost like already at an augmented reality with we have to record everything all the time. 
And there's a beauty to that and a goodness to that. Like I, I love that my dad has video of his grandkids and I love having, I love having videos myself and being able to talk to people, but also we're like, um, I don't know the, the herd mentality. We, we have all changed so significantly. You couldn't have predicted little Daniel and Jack couldn't have seen what was coming down the, the Creek, uh, the flow of, <laughs> of river uh, changes that were coming. So like, I don't know. It's, especially in an election year like 2024 you have to not be getting emotionally worked up about the stuff beyond your control that's the way i feel about it like and why i'm optimistic this year it's like i i know who my people are <laughs> and like we're gonna yeah, be fine absolutely and you mentioned something like just the videos and that example people are not very present all the time and also we want to do what's comfortable we want to do what people are doing around us and the important thing is to avoid this herd mentality. And when you're you're choosing back to the Silver Creek and why we're successful with customers, you want thinkers on the team, leaders that are going to challenge the status quo and what you're doing and why you're doing it. And we're not just creating dashboards and reports. We're changing the way organizations think about how they operate and what they do and the impact they can make. And we're taking advice from leaders that have worked at companies like Facebook and Meta show what they've done as a client on the client side and then take what they've learned and then assist people to make less mistakes and to fail faster so that we can find success. Like this going against the herd, that's the biggest differentiator, right? You want the right people that can get shit done for you in the easiest, best way. Um, and that's not going to be the people that are doing the same that everybody else is doing. And you see it just too much. All right. Changing gears a little bit. I mean, I've known you for 30 years, but I want to get to really know you. So I have some intimate questions. Are you ready? Are you <laughs> feeling prepared? Are you nervous? Uh, Do I make you nervous? I, I'm always ready. I'm a, I'm a little nervous, but uh, let's go for it. <laughs> What's one of the funniest movies you've ever seen? Uh, instantly I go back to like the classic ones for us that I'm sure you'll probably know. I'm just talking about Billy Madison, Happy Gilmore, Dumb and Dumber, <laughs> this dumb stuff. Yeah. 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 Exactly. It's all Elf on Christmas, and that was freaking funny, but yeah, yeah, that's a classic. 1994 was this crazy year for movies. Every Every good movie came out that year in the 90s, like Shawshank Redemption, Pulp Fiction, but then also like Dumb and Dumber, Ace Ventura, and The Mask somehow <laughs> all were released in 94. You had like, I think um, it was Billy Madison that year, but like, oh my God, such like, that was the peak of dumb comedy in my mind. It may have been that we were nine years old, but it really worked. Um, yeah. All right. If you had to choose one ethnicity's food to eat for the, every meal for the rest of your life, what ethnicity are we going with? Well, I am half Vietnamese, and I don't know I'm biased to this, but it'd have to be Vietnamese food. I'd have to just say mix of, you know, rice, noodles, vegetables, everything. Yeah. Yeah. Don't get me hungry, yeah. Jack. Stop it. Your Banoi would be very proud. I remember. <laughs> yeah. I hope I get to see her here later this year. No way. That's great. Yeah. Um, what's the what's the deal with pho? 
did that like always were you into faux before like i feel like that got <laughs> hip all of a sudden in 2016 did hipsters yeah, make it up or actually, did my, it's always been a thing. It's I know I've never been to Vietnam yet. I, I plan to go there in the next few months. Um, but there's different ways to pronounce it: fa or fo. Oh. That's, that's like kind of the the Sorry. white American way to say it, I guess. But fa. I can remember my dad taking me to hockey games, and I have to dress up like in the car because we were running late because we had to stop at this fa restaurant. But if if you haven't had it and you're not completely vegetarian, it's like a beef broth like noodle soup yeah. and it's just I remember it's great for uh, a week weekend night out i would say really recharges you from all the uh beef soup is like it is medicine it is so good for you it just makes you strong there's also so, vegetarian yeah. versions for this i'm i'm sensitive to that <laughs> that's nice of you um the i remember watching your dad eat a bowl of hot peppers and just being like what it's from the other side of the world. Yeah, and that was uh, a prank I tried to play on you guys too. Just oh, is that right? <laughs> they weren't actually hot. Burrito. Yeah. <laughs> no, right. they're they're so quite hot, and he eats them like French fries. Okay. All right. Do you feel that men who whose ankles are exposed? You know those socks where it's like really low cut, and you see a lot of ankle. You know what I mean? It's kind of like hip. Um, I think that's the male equiv equivalent of cleavage, basically. It's really slutty male behavior, and they should oh. cover their ankles. Do you, do you, would you agree? Honestly, I'm a low sock guy. I, I'm wearing a lot of Lululemon. I'm more of a less is more, um, except at the beach. Try to cover up as much as possible. But other than that... <laughs> I'm, I like you're showing the male cleavage, like staying, which is well, ankle. <laughs> Pantalones um, make me cranky sometimes. But. All right, so I mean, actually, uh, first I got to ask you if you had to wear either Jinkos baggy jeans every day for the rest of your life, skinny jeans, or bell bottoms every day for the rest wow. of your life. Which one wow. are you choosing? Damn, I'm not a fan of any of those. I think I have to take the fifth and wear Lululemon shorts uh, with zippers. But man, Jinko shorts. This 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 is not exactly where I thought the podcast was going today. But our our team's gonna really get to see our collective team, the changes of uh, from the eighty eighty five to to now. Well, I think uh, in the future I, guess, I might switch the order because the. The way I'm doing it now is I like to talk to people about the business at first and then ask them silly questions at the end. But I think kind of like yeah. a quick intro, this is what you do. Now you know the guy, and that gives you a little angle on on what they do, like why data is interesting because Daniel would wear Yeah, I dig that actually. And yeah, I guess I'd go with the skinny jeans if, if you made me choose, even though Jinko's was cool back in the day. But I, I'm excited for our team too because you got me thinking about who helps us uh, behind the scenes and all this. And Tess is going to have a great yeah. time just editing this for us. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm really excited. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, what okay, other questions so, do you have? 
Well, I think we need to touch on this. You've been living out of a backpack carrying Lululemon stuff. Last time I saw you in Zanzibar, you were there doing a lifestyle design thing that seemed to bring together the hottest women from all over the earth. And like, here's Coach <laughs> Daniel um, and uh, your team there. And um, you've designed your life well. But what's it like? You you are, I mean, you've lived in 20 countries every year, it seems like to me. You're a true digital nomad. Just talk to that experience a bit and any tips that you could give for anyone. Yeah, thanks for asking the question because this, again, digital nomad, I don't even like the term so much. I'm more of a freedom-based, location, independent, global citizen. You know, we're all, we don't like labels these days. I don't know what I am, but I just know I, I like to go wherever suits me at the time. And it's not that I want to travel around so much. It's just sometimes I get bored in locations. And because I've designed my life to be able to go to any beach or whatever I want, then I just do that. Um, but also there's certain events and there's things that that mm -hmm. I like to do. Um, the ones that you're talking about is uh, the soul search retreats, um, where there's basically a, a retreat for mind, body, soul type wellness stuff. And you get together with people that are similar minded and they're looking for really optimum results in their life. These aren't just hippies uh, or even business hippies. Like sometimes I'll call myself, mm -hmm. but it's people that are really looking for a deeper meaning in what they're doing to be effective in all areas of their life. And it's also helpful that they're in places like Costa Rica and Zanzibar and Greece mm -hmm. and Dubai. So, um, yeah, I don't know in terms of tips or what was the overall question? I don't know. Do you gave me a handy little lock for the bag. I don't know if there's any practical stuff you've learned. I mean, you live in Lululemon. You, I once gifted you like a, <laughs> a, a Maasai Shuka when you were, when we did the Serengeti trip and you're like, Jack, thank you. But I can't take this. Cause like I have everything. I don't want to check bags. <laughs> and uh, well, it's, the minimals, like being the minimalist is the way minimalist. that you're able to do the maximum of, of stuff. Again, this goes back to, it's not accumulation of things, but it's really elimination, which is the key. So I do have one nice backpack. I do have a, a carry-on duffel bag, but both of these I can fit in the overhead compartment. I don't check in anything. I have a lot of attachments and things uh, on my bag, but without getting too carried away in the details, everything is there and it has its purpose. And I have certain clothes and things that I can pack a lot in there because I'm just super compartmentalized and just like effective with that. But it just goes back into being able to pack only the key things that you need and making room for new stuff. Um, so I can always get a nice Hawaiian shirt or party shirt if I need to go to some retreat or something. But it's more just get rid of all this BS stuff. And whether that's a job you don't like, uh, some clothes, like that will enable a lot more freedom. And it seems simple of like, what can you fit in a backpack? But if you can do that, um, you can probably minimize a lot of other stuff. And then it creates an opportunity to really open up tons of experiences um, and do whatever you want. So it's funny, like um, it, it's, it's truly about li lifestyle design. You and I are at different phases in our life where it's for you, the freedom you're like leveraging that beautifully it seems to me like getting you know whether it's dubai zanzibar costa rico mexico um and then for me the way i'm just designing my life i want to be on the road as little as possible 
right? For me, right. I have to go to Nairobi good next week for a week. And it's like, oh, man, I, I Nairobi's cool, but I don't want to have to travel to, to train people around me so that if there's an event that they can go to it instead of me is where I'm at. Um, but it is about, it's, again, it's about designing your life for you. Exactly. And it doesn't, I just had this conversation yesterday, actually. And it's like, it doesn't get overwhelming, just like moving around nonstop. And you don't necessarily have a spot that's like your home base. And, and for me, this is what I enjoy doing. This is what I like doing right now. And I'm building business. I'm opening up my global network. Jack, you're, you're a super dad family man. And you also do what you want to the, to a large degree, but that would be more so like hanging at, at the house and like being with the family and doing like fun things. It's the stability factor, but it's at the end of the day that lifestyle design is you've structured your life so that you are location independent, whether that's in one house or many countries, yeah. you're able to do the things that you want because you can set it up. Um, and especially with the global team and the way that things are set. Sure. Sometimes you got to meet face to face for a big meeting, but most of the time that's not actually the case and we can set up that how we want, you know? Um, but yeah, it's yeah, funny I mean, to see the two exact kind of opposite sides and it's also good that we're strategizing on different problem solving because our different perspectives again in terms of a diversity mindset we come up with some pretty cool solutions to things for sure man well um i guess i know you a little bit better now and it's always makes me happy to see you <laughs> it's just always great dude i, I love i love what, <laughs> what you're what's building what's your favorite what, color jack what's your favorite for? color I say blue. True What's answer is rainbow. Color? Blue? Probably blue. What? I like blue. <laughs> What's wrong with blue? It's a, it, I feel like memes Classic the other Operation color. blue. No, like yeah. sky blue. All right. But I, I don't want to insult dark blue. And I, I feel like I love dark blue. And I also love green. And it's rude. It's like, why do I have to be monogamous with a color? I love all the colors. Um, so it's a tough, <laughs> we, we're, we're about, uh, yeah, diverse, diverse likes. I, I'm still, you'll see this in the companies that I operate, but hot pink is a great accent color for, for oh, us. Don't copy yeah, it, I all you that. other pretenders out there. <laughs> Purple and pink. You've made me adore them. Like I never knew I could. I don't know how it's so masculine when it comes to <laughs> Daniel fam, but that, like you make purple and pink, the bro is colors. Pink, though, the this is different. A hot pick. It's neon. So. <laughs> Is it? Yeah. Yeah. We're we're out here to get get attention right here. So, Jack, you are a legend. I'm excited for you to continue to run this podcast. I think there's a lot as as we're looking ahead, and people are probably like, "What are these guys even going on about?" And in, in times, but again, we like to have fun. We're gonna run things. I think I'm excited that we get to co-host this. I have a number of guests that are excited cool. to share their insights, and it's gonna range from a number of different topics, from AI to data to just running businesses, to entrepreneurship, to just coaching, anything. Um, yep. What can we do to inspire people? How can we create value? Because again, like we were talking about, all of this stuff is connected. We're not just talking about Excel and data or just traveling around in a backpack. We're talking about how do you create true value for people in their lives and their business and how to be effective and automate this stuff and use technology so we can do whatever we want with the time that we have. Um, so yeah, that's what I get fired up about and, uh, I can't wait to see where this continues, but yeah, we'll have some good content to share from this and, um, 
I don't know if you have any closing remarks as we get moving. Silver Creek insights. The rivers, the, the creek is overflowing, buddy. Love you, man. See ya. <laughs> yeah, let's let's keep it going. And uh, thanks, Jack. I appreciate it. Cheers. Bye, bud. Cheers.